we are going to start a brand new series today called Ghost Stories. Now, there's nothing that I loved more about being a youth pastor than scaring teen guys. That was one of my favorite things. They would act all tough and, and big, but then you're in the woods at one in the morning and they hear a twig snap and they're jumping onto each other's arms and, and they're scared to death. That was one of my favorite things. A few years ago in uh, Georgia, I had about 20 teen guys over my house. We we're having a campfire and sleeping out uh, under the stars and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Well, I took them behind my house in the woods and there were some abandoned houses back there. And man, that just set the mood for just a creepy night for them. And I, I'm not going to lie, I definitely suspended some things from fishing line, and there were screams, and there was some crazy stuff going on, and, and needless to say, these big, tough football player, high schooler guys didn't sleep the whole entire night. But it's also kind of funny, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, but when you're trying to creep someone else out in that scenario where you kind of get creeped out yourself, right? And uh, that would happen too sometimes as well. But today we're going to begin a series on the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is not weird. It's not spooky. In fact, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to be mysterious to us at all. Because the Bible tells us everything that we need to know about the Holy Spirit. Now, some of the older translations use that term Holy Ghost instead, but they're not talking about Casper. They're not talking about dead people with unfinished business. In fact, the Bible tells us that when we're absent with this body, we're present with the Lord. There's a, a next life. There's no in-between. And you're either present with the Lord because you put your faith and trust in him, or if you reject him, you're separated from him forever. Now, there are some creepy things out there. There are some scary things out there. But your great-great-grandma Moses isn't one of them, okay? In fact, a little-known fact is life is a lot more like Scooby-Doo than we realize. The things that really creep us out most of the time are just disgruntled former movie directors. The Bible tells us a lot about the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. Our goal is to demystify the Holy Spirit. And even though the Holy Ghost is probably the least talked about member of the Trinity, the Bible tells us so much about him. 1 John 5, 6 through 8, it says, This is he who comes by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit the water, and the blood. And these three agree. Now, the water there, it's talking about this testimony of the water is the testimony of Christ's baptism. When God spoke from heaven and the, uh, the, the dove descended on Jesus and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The blood is the testimony of the crucifixion and the resurrection. And lastly, this says the, the third witness that Jesus was who he said he was is the Spirit. The Spirit always points us towards Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is not just a New Testament thing. It wasn't something that just happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's been there from the beginning. Uh, God's Spirit can't go two verses in the Bible without being mentioned. 
In Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It's kind of amazing. Before we even see God speak, we see His Holy Spirit moving. And it still kind of works that way sometimes today, where we have this wrestling inside of us and this uh, yearning inside of us, but we don't really know what God is trying to do. And we don't know what the word is from God, but we feel that God is tugging on our hearts and pulling on us. And oftentimes in our life, the Holy Spirit begins moving before we even know what God is speaking to us. Sometimes God won't tell us either until we decide that whatever he says that we should do, that we'll do it. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I remember God working in my heart about being called to preach. See, I had gone for a long time. I'd graduated high school. I was going to community college. I was working a job. And I kept trying to make these plans about what I was going to do with my future. And I just couldn't get peace about any of them. And finally, I got to a point where I was frustrated, a little bit frustrated with God. And I knew God had something for me. But I I just got on my knees in my room. I pulled out my Bible and I said, God, I need to know. I I can't wait any longer. I need to know what you want me to do with my life. And through his word and through that time of prayer, I got up knowing that God wanted me to go into full-time ministry. And I left that confidently. But I had to get to a spot where I wasn't drawing up plans and handing them to God for approval. Instead, I gave him the pen and I gave him the paper and said, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I surrender. God, I will follow you. Many times the Holy Ghost moves before God actually speaks, but some of us have resisted him. We're scared where he's going to send us and what he's going to ask us to do because we think, well, I can't do the thing that I'm scared about God calling me to do. And that's true. You can't do it, but God will give you what you need to do what he wants you to do. But some of us already have our lives all planned out and we have this future painted just right. And we picked our college, we picked our job, we picked the place we want to live. But have you ever stopped and asked God what he wanted to do with your life? You can trust the God that made you. The spirit means wind. That word spirit literally means wind, but it's not just a summer breeze, right? Summer breeze makes me feel fine. It's not like that. No, it's a powerful blast of wind. That's what the Spirit is. And some of us have felt that Holy Spirit moving in us before. Most of the time, it's when we stop long enough to listen to that still, small voice. And when we do, we realize it's not such a small voice. It's not just a whisper. It's a roar moving inside of us. Not just an emotional experience, but a changing of direction and a changing of our mind. The blast of God's presence and power. See, God never changes. He's immutable. And just like God's spirit moved over the face of the water in Genesis 1-2, God still moves today through his spirit. But God does choose to work in different ways at different times. In the Old Testament, God told his people to live 
differently than all the pagan countries around them. He asked them not to eat bacon and not to eat shellfish. And he told them uh, that they needed to sacrifice cows and, and sheep and birds. And they had to go to a priest to talk to God. And God had amazing reasons to do that then. It was for their own good. But now, after Jesus came, he freed us from the law, and now we've entered into a period of grace. And now we can eat bacon. Amen? Say amen in the comments if you're excited about that, right? The blood of Jesus covers our sins, and we no longer need to offer up sacrifices of sheep that then feed the priests. No, God did something different. He changed his method. He never changes, but sometimes the way that he works changes. If you're a believer and you live in this period right now, this period of grace, then you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And now the Bible calls you a priest and our body is the temple. That's why it's so important what we do in our body, how we represent Jesus. See, in the Old Testament, they had this big, beautiful temple, and it was covered in gold and jewels and carvings, and it was the most amazing thing in the world. But that's not here anymore. Now you are that temple. So what does your temple say about the God that you were made to worship? Now, not only were those laws different in the Old Testament, the way the Holy Spirit moved in the Old Testament was different too. Once again, God doesn't change, but the methods that he uses to work do change. In the Old Testament, God's spirit dwelt in two places, in the Holy of Holies, in the temple or in the tabernacle before that, and then it dwelled on people, specific people that God chose to lead his nation. And the Holy Spirit uh, was on people like prophets and judges and sometimes kings. These people would lead God's people. But the problem with that, and the thing that's different about it right now than it was then, is that the Holy Spirit could leave people back then. That happened to King Saul in 1 Samuel 16, 14. It says, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. King Saul was originally a good king that followed God, but after King Saul's rejection of following God, his disobedience, we see in this verses that God removed the Holy Spirit's leading from his life. That doesn't mean he's lost his salvation, but he lost the presence of God in his life. He couldn't hear him anymore. And King David saw this happen in Saul's life. And years later, when David sinned with Bathsheba, he was scared to death that God would also remove his spirit from him as well. And we see that in Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing heart. David was begging God for his presence not to leave him, and he wanted a new heart and a second chance, and God gave it to him. But see, once God's presence took on flesh and dwelled among us, things changed. And his name was Jesus. We no longer have to go to a tabernacle and stand far away from God as God is hidden behind walls and tents. No, we are the temple. We no longer have to just follow people that have God's spirit on them. No, now God gave us his spirit. 
We no longer have to worry that the Holy Spirit is going to depart from us. The Holy Spirit will not leave us. In John 14, 16, Jesus said he would give us the Holy Spirit and he would be with us forever. It's guaranteed. In fact, it says it is sealed with the king's seal. We will not uh, have the Holy Spirit depart from us. And this is why if you're genuinely saved, you don't have to worry about losing your salvation. You are free to love and serve God without fear. See, the barrier was torn down between us and the presence of God when Jesus died on the cross. We see that in Mark 15, 37. Jesus uttered a loud cry on the cross is where he's at here, and he breathed his last. Verse 38, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This curtain in the temple kept anyone out that wasn't the priest. It, it, it Past it was the Holy of Holies, and, and you couldn't go back there. That was where God's presence dwelled. It was this huge, 60-foot-wide, 30-foot-tall curtain that stood in the way. Some scholars say it was six inches thick. And you couldn't get to where God's presence dwelled. The Bible tells us, though, that when Jesus died on the cross and it was finished, the whole plan to redeem the world, once that happened, that curtain was ripped from the top to the bottom, 30 foot in the high in the air. There was no way a man could have done that. God made it clear on that day that the methods that he used in the Old Testament were finished. And there was a new thing going on. And now we don't have to go through a priest or prophets or judges to get to God. Now you are considered a royal priest if you're saved. 1 Peter 2, 9 tells us that. It says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And since you're a priest, you have direct access to God through that bridge called Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it insane that you can talk to the God that made you and designed every cell in your body and it functions that, uh, you know, he put in us with our heart and our blood pumping and our brain and synapses firing. You have a connection to the God that made you. And all of this message, all these things that we have talked about, all of that is brought to you by the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Jesus is talking here. He's about to ascend into heaven. And he says, it is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus says, hey, I know you like me walking physically on this earth. And it's uh, you know, it's been a great time to fellowship with me face to face, but it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, then the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That word helper there is talking about the Holy Ghost. Other versions say the word comforter. The word helper in the Greek is parakleto. It means counselor or go-between or advocate. Jesus couldn't stay on this earth in the flesh, but he left us another person of the Trinity, the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our connection to God. And this is really cool. Think about this. God 
were, uh, walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. And Jesus walked on this earth 2,000 years ago. And now the Holy Spirit lives inside you if you are a Christian. And now the Holy Spirit walks with you. This, this is just an introduction to this four-week study on the Holy Spirit. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the functions of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comforts, the Holy Spirit guides, and the Holy Spirit corrects. Maybe you've heard some weird teaching about the Holy Spirit, and you think it's kind of spooky and mystical, but the purpose and goal of the Holy Spirit is to point your heart to God, to remind you who Jesus is. And maybe you need to rethink the teachings that you've heard uh, about the Holy Spirit and base them on God's Word. Right now is a perfect time for you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to invade your life and ask Him to uh, let your ears uh, be tuned in to what He wants us to hear. To disrupt your day and to commit to Listen when the Holy Spirit speaks and follow him as he pushes you deeper into Jesus Christ. Now, maybe what he's doing right now is bringing up sin in your heart, something that you need to run to God and ask for forgiveness once and for all. Maybe it's something in your life that's been on your shoulder for a long time and you've uh, neglected to run to your father and ask him to forgive you. You can get that right right now. Maybe there's a person you need to call right now and say, hey, look, I'm sorry for the way I've treated you. I'm sorry for the fact that I've been bitter or I've been, uh, you know, just uh, mean to you. Maybe there's someone you need to call and reach out to and say, hey, I'm sorry I sinned against you. Or maybe there's even someone you need to call out uh, and, and text and say, hey, look, I'm sorry I sinned with you. I'm sorry that we did that, and I didn't stop you, and I followed you. Maybe you're that one that needs to stop struggling and just surrender. Maybe you've been fighting what God wants you to do with your life, and you say, man, if I, if I let go, God's going to send me you know, to the middle of nowhere across the world in some country. I can't tell you that's not true, but I can tell you this. There's no better place than in the middle of God's will. And your ways are not higher than God's ways. God's ways are higher. And whatever God has for you, you can trust the one that made you. Say yes to God's plans, no matter the outcome. Just give God the pen and the paper and let him decide your future. Maybe right now what you actually need is to accept the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to just say, God, I'm going to let go of my anxiety, of my stress, of my depression, of my sadness, of my fear, of my doubt, I need you to comfort me because I can't do it. I can't comfort myself. The Holy Spirit is an amazing person and a wonderful gift and tool for the Christian. If you'll just get out of the way and let him work in your life. The band's going to come right now. Because of some of the teachings about the Holy Spirit we see in churches, we can feel a little bit weird about talking about Him. 
We shouldn't, right? Because the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. So instead of just avoiding talking about the Holy Spirit, why don't we talk about the right theology on the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comforts. He wants to guide you. He wants to correct you. All with the purpose of drawing you deeper into a relationship with God. The Holy Spirit doesn't point towards himself. He points you towards Jesus and the gospel. Maybe you've stifled that voice in your life. Don't do that. Why don't you tell God right now, wherever you lead me, I'll go. I will follow God.